This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who, who is an active member of AA. I will now read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There is no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think that sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and to admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with obsession of the mind. The allergy is a physical aspect of the disease. After having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes him powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We are just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. 
So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are, age, and how long you've been sober, occupation? Sure. My name's Jo. I'm an alcoholic. I am currently 51 years old. I've been sober for 28 years. I'm medically retired due to um, uh, brain cancer many years ago. And I live in Hawea with my extended whānau here, grandchildren and son and partner. And yeah, part of active part of the Wanaka AA community. Great. And would you like to tell us about your childhood? Sure. Um, so I was born in the 70s. Um, my mum was a politician and my dad was a public relations manager. Um, so yeah, we had a equal balance of ambition and bullshit really <laughs> um so yeah it was a, it was a pretty cra- i mean for all intents and purposes it was a pretty crazy household um but yeah i mean it, it's create it's turned me into the person i am today and yeah i was raised catholic also so um i have that little thread in my tapestry i have four we there were four of us um siblings in total and we were I grew up in Auckland. Thank you. And do you want to tell us well, when you started drinking and how it progressed? Sure. So I started drinking when I would have been about 13 and that was sort of largely just swiping whatever alcohol was in the house of which there was quite often a lot. Um, Dad was a heavy drinker, actually alcoholic. And yeah, so I used to make myself up little bottles of what I would call rocket fuel and just pour everything and anything into them and then just knock that back as fast as possible. Um, yeah, so uh, things like going to we, – what we had was blue light discos. Anything that was um, a social thing like a disco or a party, I found really difficult to do sober. And so I was sculling bottles of red wine before I could even walk in the door of um, a blue light disco and it was very foreign. Like none of my friends surrounding me were doing anything like that at that age. Mm. Do you want to um, describe what the drinking did for you, your pattern of drinking, whether you drank alone or socially um, and when you first realised it was a problem? So I think when they talk about the young people being spared the last 10 to 15 years of literal hell in the 12 by 12 in this first step, I think I just I jumped straight to that ten to fifteen years of literal hell as soon as I kicked off. Um, it was really obvious. Probably about a year after I started drinking, I was getting into trouble with police. I was getting arrested. I was assaulting police officers while I was intoxicated. Um, there was just a number of problems that were becoming apparent very fast. And they were directly related to me being intoxicated. And so the authorities indicated that I might have been an alcoholic to my parents. And um, unfortunately, there wasn't really a lot of opportunities for help or support for a young alcoholic. And so what I would, what they did was they sent me to an Alateen meeting, which unfortunately is more of the Al-Anon um, of um recovery than the actual AA alcoholics division. So yeah, things just progressed and um, I left school very young at 15. Um, 
I got involved with uh, gangs and had a couple of babies, two children by the time I was 18. And then, yeah, I got into recovery very young, obviously, um, 21. I went into treatment and, yeah, I haven't looked back. I just came in, shut the door behind me and didn't go out, thank God. Was that the first time you tried to stop drinking? Did you have any times yeah, earlier that well, you tried to stop? I did. Um, so I was, sorry, I'd go back to your question. Um, I was a binge drinker, so I would just drink excessively and then have periods of sobriety in between that and then, again, just excessively drink. And when I started drinking, I couldn't stop. I just had to continue. And I would sort of think to myself, oh, I'm going for going for the blackout, you know, going for the coma. That was sort of a bit intentional, I felt, you know, because that was the largest reason why I was drinking was as an escape to the emotions that I was feeling like anxiety in a social situation. So a lot of social anxiety. And I would think to myself, I can't do this unless I'm intoxicated. And then I'll be more social Uh, unfortunately the level and the state that I got myself into was such that I was very far from you know I was so far fallen from grace and any sort of social behavior that um that just backfired that plan backfired massively on me can you describe like physical and mental health decline um, that you have from drinking what had at the time and you're at a rock bottom if you had a rock bottom? Well, I think because I started so young, I think I really missed out on a lot of the um, just experiences that adolescents go through when they're growing up, you know, and when I, I just felt like um, because I was drinking excessively, I also had a few hospital admissions um, also, you know, being intoxicated and ending up in police cells, it wasn't ideal. So I was collecting a, a number of charges also, um, leaving school. Like life was really starting to unravel in terms of, you know, no one around me at school when I was at school was doing that kind of thing. And I was a liability to go out with, that's for sure. So I started to lose friends. My world became quite small. Um, yeah, I was starting to get uh, needing to get, have medical attention for overdosing on alcohol and having um, alcohol poisoning and tearing the lining of my stomach and all those kind of things. So, yeah, I was just sort of a bit quite unmanageable in my adolescence, definitely. And a rock bottom, would that be your rock bottom or...? I think probably it just, yeah, I think probably for me it was just a series of them. It was just so many manageable situations that that became quite normal. I think the most alarming one probably was um, at the Eurythmics concert and I was heavily intoxicated and, and I had a police charge and then subsequent police charges also. So I think at that point it became like all alarm bells were going off for everyone around me and my family that I had a big problem. Yeah. Thank you. Can you tell us how you found your way to your first AA meeting and describe that? Yeah, so um, I actually found my way to treatment first. Um, 
And that was, there was a lot of recovery in my family. And as is often the case, um, it is a family disease. So I have, um, as I mentioned before, siblings, there were four of us and my older brother went to Hamna and then my older sister, she went to the treatment centre that I went to and then it sort of just followed that I was number three. So I ended up admitting myself to the treatment centre and doing a four-week residential at the Miranda Centre in Taranaki, which has since closed down, but um, it was a 12-step based program. And then when I came out, then I went to my first AA meeting after completing the treatment centre and going through steps one through five in the treatment centre. How did you feel at that meeting? How did members make you feel? Oh, they were really good. Um, I mean, there's they always are welcoming of the newcomer. I was having a panic attack because of the social anxiety and it made no difference whether it was a party or an AA meeting. You know, there were multiple people and um, and I just started feeling really anxious about just being in that environment. So that was a real challenge for me was to experience that and, and, to, and get through it sober. So it wasn't I wouldn't say it was pleasant, my first meeting at all, um, but I kept coming back because I saw that there were people, they had what I wanted. They looked really comfortable in a, in a social environment and they were sober. So I thought, I want what they've got. Um, I can't even remember hearing anything of my first meeting. Can there were lots me? of words that I didn't know, like um, yeah. that are specific for us in the fellowship. Yeah. Can you um, describe to us how you've ensured your sobriety, how you've been able to maintain it? Through, um, I just keep coming back, you know, like I think um, a commitment to wanting something different, you know, like I know I don't, I never wanted to go back to the chaos that was my drinking. It was never fun for me. There was never good times. It was only ever madness and disaster. Um I also had, by this time, I had two small children. I actually had three by the time I um, had finished treatment. And I wanted to be a much better mum for for my my children and to be sober and to show them that, you know, life can be lived sober. So um, I just kept coming back. Um, we started a, a young people's meeting in Auckland many years ago. I'm looking at the date, probably I might have been about five years sober then. So maybe in the 2000s, early 2000s, we started that meeting. And that was a big, big part of my recovery, just having a commitment to every Saturday night, having to go to a meeting that myself and my friend had started um, and sometimes taking my children along, which it wasn't ideal because they were still smoking in those days in meetings and there were a lot of words that rhymed with luck being said. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I didn't do that with my youngest daughter. I didn't take her to any meetings at all, really. Can you describe how you've applied the program to your life when you've had challenging times in sobriety? Yeah, I sure can. Um, so I really love the steps and I really believe that if we're working a 12-step program, and then, then we need to be working the steps. Um, I started going to step meetings very early on, and I had a book 
that was not AA literature, but it was called Step Spirit. So it was working the steps from a spiritual perspective. And on every step, there was a meditation and also a little detailed explanation for women and and how they might perceive and understand that step. And so, and trust and developing my spirit, my um, higher power relationship also, um, having a conscious contact and surrendering my will was extremely important. Can you describe to us how you feel um, with your life today, really? Yeah, well, I think I wouldn't want to go back for anything. You know, like when I see newcomers come in, I just desperately want them to stay, but I can't make them. You know, like I want, you know, we talk about you get a life that's just a freedom. I never had a free, I never was free for anything. I always felt I had to drink. If I was in a party situation, I had to drink. And it wasn't an option. It wasn't a choice. Whereas for me now, I just have this immense freedom and everything that I experience, I experience sober. And the growth and emotional maturity that I've gained from having to live my life sober is just incredible. I've Family members have died. I've had a terminal illness diagnosis, you know, and just going through everything and feeling everything and not drinking and trying to pull the, um, what I would call like the parachute, the escape hatch, which is what I would, how I saw my drinking was just a complete avoidance of any pain or anything difficult. But having to walk through it all and come out the other side, it's just joy. It's joyous. You know, it's like so simple my life now compared to all the drama and chaos that I had to, that I used to experience. So. Thank you. Can you describe changes in sobriety with your relationships today now with family, friends and stuff? So I, I think I feel more um, comfortable in myself and knowing, you know, through growing up in this program and the steps have been sort of similar to like my mum and dad, they've given me a guidance of how to grow up and how to review my behaviours and look at things that I do in life. So I find also letting go hasn't been easy for me, but I find that a lot of letting go now is how I approach my relationships with my children. My kids are all, they're not in recovery. So there's been a big part of letting go with their behavior and just going, it's not me. It's just, and that's gives that recreates a much less stress for me to just know that I can't control people, places or things. And those are things that we learn in recovery. And I think that gives me a really good basis from which to um, build relationships and build friendships and um, having zero expectation and zero control on anybody is a pretty good good place to start, I think. so. Mm. Thank you. AA is described as a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does spirituality mean for you? Exactly. And I think for me, it my it is about a higher power and it is about who what we decide that higher power to be. And that's quite a huge freedom for people. And for myself, initially, I gave myself the time to decide and think about what my higher power was and I went into a lot of thinking about it and I looked at different I did look at different religions and their different gods and goddesses and 
of course, being having been raised Catholic, I had that to fall back on, and I decided that my higher power is God, what I call God, um, and the spiritual contact has just uh, – that'll be the first thing I will lose if I pick up a drink, and it's just not worth it for me. You know, my spir- my spiritual contact in the program is so valuable for me now that, um, yeah, it, it's so vital, the step 10, 11, and 12. Mm. Thank you. What would you uh, suggest for anyone listening who might th- think they have a drinking problem? I would say just come and check out a meeting, you know, and see if you hear any similarities. Um if you don't, that's okay. You know, you, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. And maybe on the day you come to the meeting, you might have a desire to stop drinking. And by the time you leave, you might not have that at all. And then at least you can um, say you've been to a meeting and, you know, we don't we don't track you down. We don't know where you live. We don't um, follow up or anything. It's complete freedom for people to come in and see if, something resonates and if it does it does and if it doesn't it doesn't being christmas in this time of the year where could someone go for help if they if they need it well definitely the there's an 0800 aa number and we don't shut down over christmas or new year's i've been to a meeting on christmas day up in auckland and we um had a little um a little kai after the meeting so yeah, there were a lot of people there, and same same for New Year's. You know, we're always here, and and the good thing about AA is every day is a new beginning. So um, there's no reason to just wait until New Year's Eve. You can come in any time and kick off and start your sobriety and start your new life. Awesome, thanks a lot, Joe, and thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz where you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember if you want to drink, that's your business but if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God... Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.